Have you ever felt like a superhero, even just for a moment? Just a tiny little moment in which you surprised yourself by doing just the right thing just in time? I'll give you an example of one of my very modest superhero moments. I was on a camping trip a couple of summers ago, and we needed some supplies. So I had driven to the nearest little town store with my one-and-a-half-year-old son. This was the kind of small North Ontario variety store that has a limited selection of just about everything you might need at prices you just do not question because they're the only thing nearby and they also sell alcohol. And after a week of corralling kids in the wild, we deserved a beer that night. I grabbed one of the two steel carts they had available, the mini mark kind, smaller and narrower than the ones in regular grocery stores. My son was having none of getting into the seats, so he walked alongside me as we browsed. We got our stuff and joined the line at the cash register. When it came to my turn, I started putting our things on the counter. Popcorn, bread, bag of apples. As I'm doing this, I hadn't noticed that behind me, my son had started to climb the far side of the cart. A case of beer was weighing down the side he was grabbing onto, and the cart began to tip. This all happened in the flash of a second. I reached behind me with my right arm, pulling up the cart just as it gave into gravity with my son hanging off the side, then twisted myself around the cart to catch him with my left arm just before the back of his head hit the concrete floor with the cart and its contents on top of him. I breathed. The lineup behind me broke into a little clap. You've got eyes on the back of your head, one man said to me, and I felt like a bit of a superhero. Did I do that? I'm not known for my reflexes. In fact, I'm better known for being a little towards the clumsy side. Just ask my friends and family. But that move? That was impressive. I tell this story more often than I like to admit because, well, I saved the day, maternal instinct and all. I'm also the one who weighed down one side of a tippy cart with beer and wasn't exactly keeping the best eye on the toddler, but let's focus on the hero part. Here's the question. Do we all have the instinct to be superheroes when the moment is right? I think most of us do. We just rarely get the chance. The other, more troubling question is this. When the personal stakes aren't so high, when the moment doesn't feel so real and immediate, where does that instinct go? Are the superhero saviors we dream up in our fiction aspirational figures? or just an attractive compliment to our own complacency? Why do we spend so much time imagining superheroes? Welcome to Strange Muses. My name is Janine White. And I'm Vincent Marconi. We're longtime collaborators on a variety of creative projects, most notably our musical group, Johnny Hollow. In the decades we've been working together, we've spent a lot of time just talking on the phone, long conversations about the weird things we encounter as we shape our ideas. This podcast is about some of the strange stories that have stuck with us, like peculiar friends throughout the years. Today, we're going to talk about superheroes. In 
In our previous episode about the Wild Hunt, we discussed the idea of apocalyptic anxiety and the ways it manifests in our communal psyche. And the question, is the end of the world drawing near, leads naturally to the next one. If so, who is going to save us? Enter the superhero. So let's return to our conversation with Phil Ioannis, renowned comic artist whose incredible depictions of Wonder Woman are iconic. If someone knows a thing or two about superheroes, it's this guy. Here's more of his conversation with Vincent. So we're talking about the apocalypse and like the antidote could be the superhero. And I know this is a really basic question, but I want to lose the chance to ask an expert on what the role of a superhero is. Do you feel that there is one or is the role uh, up for grabs depending on the storyline? So I have very strong feelings about heroes and villains. And one of the things that would happen, again, I read another thing piece, please forgive. I don't have the name of the author to credit. It was a very interesting take on what happened between the 80s and the 90s, and um, particularly in popular fiction. But one of the things that happened was that um, we, got, we got very into, um, there's no such thing as good or bad. It's all shades of gray, it's all perspective. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, in particularly in superhero comic books, uh, we lost, I don't know if we lost, it might be incorrect, the the very notion of a hero of someone who did good and just things because it was the right thing to do um people became very skeptical of people like that and it, it's interesting to me and villains suddenly became anti-heroes and because perhaps we were just looking at them through the wrong lens and if you if you realize like oh this person was robbing banks because really they have three kids at home and it's their only option suddenly it it might add layers to them as characters, but it strips the conversation about are there things like actual goodness and actual evil in the world? So I'm super interested in this idea of, of the science of evil. I have a couple of books about it and like what is, is, is evil quantifiable? Because we use the word, we toss it around so much as, as is the same with good. Um, and things like justice, et cetera, and like that fine line between justice and revenge. I do believe superhero comic book characters, I know for me, they worked this way, that um, they have great power to instill, I think, things like virtue and empathy. They can teach these things um, in ways sometimes that our real world um, mentors, parents, et cetera, cannot, or maybe should not. And this is not to say that every superhero, because there are thousands mm-hmm. uh, among multiple companies, has to be a paragon of goodness or virtue. But the idea that those qualities are looked upon so cynically um, makes me sad. And the idea that characters cannot embody those things and be deemed as commercially viable also makes me sad. I do think there's a really interesting thing with fiction where uh, I tell this story a lot, I might've told you already, um, fiction is 
you know, we, we consume fiction for a variety of reasons. Off, catharsis is often one of them. And so when I was writing and drawing Wonder Woman a million years ago, uh, I tried very hard for the first year not to have her beat the shit out of her bad guy because I, because I wanted her to find other solutions, knowing full well that at the end of my run, there would be a great physical confrontation with one of her villains. And a young gay guy uh, from the Philippines wrote me with great frustration saying, you know, that he had been bullied as a kid and his bullies never saw justice. And the reason it was important for him to see Wonder Woman physically beat her bad guys was because that was something that would never happen in his life, but at least oh, wow. it could happen. It could happen in his fiction. And it, that conversation has stuck with me for now 20 years. Um, I sought out characters like Wonder Woman back in the day, sort of her pre kind of swords and sorcery warrior version um, for the opposite reason because she was much more likely to subdue a villain than beat the crap out of them. Um, because she led, again, with a certain, I mean, not to sound like corny, but she led with love. Um, and she led with this idea that human beings, given the appropriate information uh, and the opportunity, can coexist in peace. They might not like each other, but they don't have to kill each other. And that meant something to me, that the worldview meant something to me. Going back to your original question about heroes and villains and things like that, um, and goodness and justice, I have been sad by the fact that it is so hard, for example, for DC Comics to do a good and just version of Superman when we have seen, like at least in the Marvel movies, that a good and just version of Captain America is actually quite popular that that kind of character serves just as profound a need as an anti-hero like Logan or Wolverine. The other thing I think is really important about superheroes, um, and it, I, people laughing at this, I think it's the same with drag queens, is <laughs> they have a transformative quality. So often someone who is more meek or more normal puts on this clothing, takes on this name and becomes someone larger than life. They become bigger. I never uh, thought of like the, the association between drag queen and superhero, but I totally see it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's code name and costume and, and a shtick. And then suddenly they become these larger than life uh, figures and I, I think that something really inherent with superheroes is the power of transformation. Because I think so many of us um, wish to transform into something more. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, world, like villain fighting superhero. Sometimes it could just mean they want to be a little bit braver, a little bit stronger in a meeting room, uh, a little bit sexier in the bedroom, like whatever it is, like the, the transformative quality is the thing about superheroes that matters the most. So we've been talking a lot throughout the whole series about how malleable stories from folklore and myth are and how that makes for a really wonderfully subjective way to derive inspiration from them. And I think one of the most 
malleable archetypes of all is the superhero. Yeah, I don't think people just think of the superhero as an archetype. We just kind of assume it's fiction, but it's definitely an archetype that's been around. I just think we've had different names for it throughout millennia. I think so too. And and they're so there's they're so diverse. Like there's so many of them. Um and there's fictional superheroes and there's anti-heroes and there's even real life heroes that I think we kind of venerate almost. Um but we each have our own that resonate with us on a very personal level. So I was listening to the really great conversation that you had with Phil about superheroes and and you guys were mostly focused on superheroes as aspirational figures. Yes. And there was this really fun part of the conversation that we had to cut out because of length, but he was talking about his hobby of asking people to list like their very favorite superheroes and then using that list he would draw out like the primary trait that might be appealing to that person's yeah. aspirations. You remember that? I I do. I even I think I even commented that it could have been a side hustle for yeah. him, like an oracle of <laughs> reading people's you know superheroes whatever they whatever they put on the table said a lot about their personality. Yeah, if I recall correctly, yours was kind of like the sexy rebel was your hero. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take it. I will take it. (laughs) What I want to talk about now actually is the other side of that coin. And this is the superhero, not as an aspirational version of ourselves, but as a savior. So, okay. when I was a kid, like I, I was a big reader, but I don't remember getting into comic books much. I, it might have been because I, I grew up with only sisters and just didn't have exposure. But I do remember very vividly watching Superman on VHS. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And I loved it. It was one of the very first full-length, not animated movies I ever saw as a kid. And... I loved it, but I don't think I was really relating to Superman himself. Like, he was just this grown man, right? If anyone, I was relating Mm -hmm. to Lois Lane. So my fantasy was to grow up to be pretty enough and worthy enough to be a for a superhero to want to save me, which is... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm wondering, do you think that's partially because there weren't a lot of super heroines available for you? in pop culture to really want to look absolutely. up to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think when you're when you're a little kid, I think it's the, it's very it's the very surface things that you can first relate to. You know, that person looks like me, so I can imagine myself as that person. Right. So for me, the battle with the evil villain was not as interesting as the daring rescue. That was the exciting part for me in those kind of movies. That's interesting. So you were you were more infatuated by the was there like a love connection to that between the person being saved and the superhero or is it just the act itself of 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 being saved and and it is a modern way of a prince charming totally. story totally. basically 
But I also think, I mean, I think that carried over when I imagine myself as a superhero. I am a rescuer. I don't tend to have fantasies about myself um, like fighting with the villain and killing him. I have fantasies of myself being the rescuer. So I, I don't know if those two things are connected, but... <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. I The rescuer as in saving people in a bad That's situation. That's right. Tra-la-la. I'm the one who dives down from the sky and pulls you out of the burning building, right? Right. The question I want to I wanna ask you about is what do you think about the savior aspect of the superhero? Is this just a romantic ele- element that's like sprinkled into superhero stories as kind of icing on the cake? Um, or is it also an essential part of the fantasy, the part where the superhero is the savior and we are the innocents who deserve to be saved. Well, I think there's a lot going on there. To be honest, and I think this comes with being uh, a prepubescent boy, I was thinking more of like fighting the supervillain and the part of the story, which is essential, saving people, was... um, like side furniture, it wasn't as important I, for me, and I'm I'm wondering um, I'm wondering why now are you uh, laying this out to let me know that you're a better person? I was than just me? gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Well, that that says it all, doesn't it? You know, you you, or, you like to perhaps. hurt people. I like to save them. And okay, that's the end. See you guys. End of podcast. <laughs> I think that's true, actually. That's a good point. I'd like to add a caveat that uh, the ultimate narcissist would say something like that. But anyway, go ahead. Now we're done. Okay, bye. (laughs) I think it's interesting, too, that when I think of people being saved in comic books or movies, um, there's signals that they're good people (laughs) and deserve to be saved. Either as a family or... Well, let's, for an example, you will not see somebody looting and then being saved by a collapsing bridge. Right. There, there, so there's an innocence to, to the people being saved, which provides more um, tension to the, the act itself and makes the superhero look even better. But I do wonder sometimes, are we crafting all of these like complicated, uh, interesting plot devices and character development less to... Um, inspire us to become heroes ourselves, but more as a distraction so that we don't have to really worry about the things going on right in front of us and having to wonder who's going to step up to try to fix this. That's that's the pessimist in me. <laughs> also, whoever has to step up in our real world will have to sacrifice a lot to um, be an example. And what a shitty job would that be? Who wants to do that? I'd rather watch a superhero film. Sometimes superheroes are just a welcome distraction, especially when things feel hopeless in the real world. Or they can play into a passive fantasy, the superhero as a savior who can rescue us when we feel powerless to save ourselves. That cynicism was the inspiration for this song when we wrote it years ago. And that feeling of powerlessness and hopelessness, well, 
I have to say, it does feel even more potent now. But with added urgency comes a dash of hope, because as Phil spoke about so eloquently, superheroes can also serve as inspiration for our stronger selves, our ideal moral selves, who can defeat the bullies. And maybe soon we'll be tired of waiting. is produced by me and Vincent Marconi. Sound design and audio production is by me, Janine White. The song Superhero and featured background music is by Johnny Hollow. To listen to Superhero or any other Johnny Hollow track, visit johnnyhollow.com or find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support Johnny Hollow, you can join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash johnnyhollow. 
Our cover art was created by Vincent Marconi. You can view and purchase artwork inspired by our music and lots of other strange things at mypetskeleton.com. Thank you to the Region of Waterloo Arts Fund for their generous support. And thanks as ever to our loyal fans. Special thanks to our guest, Phil Yumanez. You can find Phil at NYC on Instagram and Twitter. I highly recommend his recent collaboration with Kelly Sue DeConnick, an utterly gorgeous comic book called Wonder Woman Historia, The Amazons. Please check the episode notes for details.